Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, Sat Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. It is November 13th. It is time for the Wednesday Night War podcast. We review AEW. We review NXT. We talk about the war with them. We spend about half the show on one, half the show on another. Of course, we have post-Raw, post-Smackdown, post-Pay-Per-View shows. But if you like news, we have the Listen Your Boy every Wednesday and then a companion podcast, which I'll tell you about a little bit later let me introduce you to our panel, Mr. Warren Hayes. He's a little bit of everywhere. Warren, how you doing? I'm doing great, and uh, what a wonderful evening of wrestling that we had uh, tonight once again here on the Wednesday Night Wars, AEW versus NXT. As you can tell, I was prepared. <laughs> Alex Palowski, he is the host of Sour Graps again, which I will tell you about a little bit later on. Alex, how are you? Uh, it's, uh, it's like 20 degrees, uh, in the middle of November in, uh, in Wisconsin. And my, my basement feels like 10 degrees, which is why I've broken out the gloves. No it's boy. as early as I've ever broken out the gloves on the podcast. Uh, I'm just hoping we get some 40 degree weather here in, in as soon so I can, you know, warm up. Four and a half weeks ago, it was 93 degrees here in Kentucky. It is there, 15. Now. There's we we don't have a fall anymore in Wisconsin. Yeah. Like <laughs> in early October, we were at we were had two days of 80 degree weather. Our first snowfall was Halloween. We had a fall of two and a half weeks. Well, I'm going to do things a little bit differently this time. In one word, guys, which show won tonight, Warren? NXT. Alex. NXT. We are going to start the show covering NXT. Which one of you goblins covered NXT tonight? As opposed to my my garb tonight, it is Alex that uh, that has it, yes. Well, NXT uh, kicked off tonight, uh, or it didn't kick off. It, well, it did kick off with uh, Leo Rush versus Angel Garza. NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I thought this was a an exceptional way to kick off this show. And I'll tell you what. If you want a nice way to kick off our show, donate a Super Chat. Any amount, get your question or statement 
read on the air. It really helps us out, helps us pay podcasters, writers, all that good stuff. Keeps us from having to do the clickbait stuff. Shane Haas says, is that a Mia Yim shirt, Warren? No, it's not a Mia Yim shirt. What the? Shane, you paid for it's, that? Ask me a different an, question. It's an Aaliyah shirt. It's an Aaliyah shirt. <laughs> oh boy Shane come on I'm gonna give you another shot here just cause I like you but Leo Rush versus Angel Garza and this is where we're starting to see the contrast in the shows Alex this show or this match took up what were a couple of segments in AEW and we won't spoil those segments but uh, man Leo Rush is really good Angel Garza is really good I had somebody if they want to identify themselves in the live chat said man Leo Rush wife's Leo Rush's wife is not a, a great actress. And I said, well, hey, who could could can be convincible when Angel Garza is taking off his pants and they act disgusted? Nobody's going to be disgusted by that, Alex. No. No, um, it, it was actually <laughs> what appeared to be um, Leo Rush's wife's mom because she was sitting right there and holding Leo Rush's son at the time thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so she was even a worse actress than what appeared to be her daughter. Um, but not, not like, listen, uh, Angel Garza, as I said, he's got a thing. Every time he, he, he gets in the ring, you know he's going to do the pants gimmick. <laughs> Everyone's waiting for it. Now, last week, in his match with Tony Nese, there was like, he got him halfway off and got thwarted in the middle of it. And yes. later in the match, Tony Nese powerbombed a pair of pants. That was how that spot worked last week. It was amazing. This week, totally different. Early in the match, somehow even better, or at least as good, but totally different. Goes into the crowd, takes off the pants right in, right in front of his opponent's wife's face. This is like, it's, I mean, like the whole thing, mwah. like Angel Garza, listen, like if you told me at the beginning of the whole like uh, breakout star tournament, this guy in a couple of months is going to be one of your favorite dudes on the entire roster. I'd have been like, I guess maybe, but I don't, I don't see it so just good. now. He's <laughs> so good at doing what he does, man. I love watching him wrestle. He's so good. And he's just so charismatic. And the pants thing is such a baby face thing, Warren. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. It's divisive, if you ask me, because I. <laughs> this is yeah, the other half. The audience, like, Come on. The, other, the other half that are putting their eyes over the other half of the audience. You know, I love it. Look, Angel Garza is fantastic. Uh, I and I'm in complete agreement with uh, with Alex when we when he uh, when he was in the breakout tournament. We saw, right, Alex? We saw that he had something. Yes, like he did stand out just on his natural gifts and we're like oh they could do something with this guy but pushing them this quickly this hard uh i'm all for it he's fantastic alex what do you think about leo rush picking up the win here i mean he seems like the guy that is carrying that cruiserweight title torch and i think he is the right person because as i've said to no end he may be the most physically gifted impressive wrestler i've ever seen in my life short right. of maybe 1990s ray mysterio yeah, no, he's he's incredibly talented. And the thing that I love is that you watch stuff like this, a regular, like a, a TV, it's, it's for the title. Uh, you watch his matches on 205 Live with Raul Mendoza. On a scale of, of one to Leo Rush's 10, he's like a five and a half. 
<laughs> like he's not actually really doing anything or going it nearly as fast as he can because yeah. he's leaving all that in the tank for when he really has to go. And like I think I'm if I was booking this whole thing, I think I think Angel Garza is the next guy to be the champion, but I don't think it's got to be right now. And I think you can build to a double turn because Leo's really good at being a heel yes, he too. Is. And everybody wants to cheer for the pants thing. They want to cheer for Angel Garza. He's handsome. He's charismatic. All it would take would be a, a slight shift in the dynamic. And all of a sudden, you've got a great double turn and an incredibly charismatic Latin guy that, that so much of the crowd can, can cheer for in, in America right now. So. Plus, plus change the purple from the strap. It's not the 205 Live title anymore. It's the NXT yeah. champion. Get rid of the purple. Yeah. Had a conversation with a wrestler this weekend that said, man, Leo Rush knew what he was doing. Doesn't work house shows. Works once a week. Title run on TV. <laughs> in Florida all the time. Hanging out with his wife. The guy was one step ahead of the game. <laughs> Everybody that said, I'll just say this. More wrestlers should give fightful statements on the record. That's the moral <laughs> to this story. Do exactly what Leo Rush did. Please. I'm begging you guys. Do it. Don't worry about WWE PR. Don't worry about no. what Adam or Joe or Mark say. Just, just email me. It's in the bio, guys. My DMs are open. Zaya Lee defeated Aaliyah. Now, Warren, I'll get your uh, thoughts on this. This is how I think Aaliyah should probably be used, given her skill set. Sure. Absolutely. Ali has been in developmental for 50 years, it feels. Uh, and that's okay. I mean, we all need every, – every division, regardless of where you are, needs the people who are going to eat the pins and are going to make other people look better Yobbers. per – there you go. I just didn't want just didn't want to use the terminology, but that's what you need. And uh, Aaliyah fits the bill one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Alex, what do you think about this? Zia Lee getting the win, uh, pretty well, pretty filthy roundhouse kick. Yeah, that like like Aaliyah got both hands up. Didn't matter. Yeah. Didn't matter. She, her face exploded. Like there's there's a there's a picture going around the internet of her in the trainer's trainer's room. Man, she she just not look good. She's gonna be on that NXT injury report, and I legit yeah. hope she's okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah. No, 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 I, I should that specify this use of Aaliyah not winning the match was good. The right, use of right. her face exploding not no. great at all. Uh, no, uh, uh, Aaliyah. I guess what they call them. What do they call themselves? The the uppers or something. The bougies. They're, they're they're above something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they call themselves, whatever. Um, that her and Vanessa Bourne together are great yeah. uh, because they think they're amazing and they suck, which <laughs> is fine. Like you need a team like that. That's totally has delusions of grandeur. Um, I, I, I believe that you could, I mean, this is, you need people like this. And at this point, like I don't, I don't watch the matches and go, wow, that was botchy and terrible. I just go like, this is, this is where they are. I don't, I, I don't see a, a push for either of them, but I, I'm not, I'm not offended by them. I didn't, I didn't watch this match tonight and, and, and watch and think it was something like Tainara versus Santara Garrett last week, which was mm -hmm. awful. Now, like I, this, I wanna, this was fine. I want to talk a little bit about Vanessa Bourne's comment. I don't know if you saw her tweet. She said, let's give it up for the sloppiest person in the locker room. Zaya. Now, like, here's the thing that, that ain't kayfabe. 
That's her taking a shot at somebody's work. Was the kick errant? Yeah, yeah it was. But like, what do you, I don't know what the end game there is. It, I've I've not known Zaya to have a habit of that. However, I'm sure that there are lots of injuries that happen in the performance center that don't go reported because they're in the performance center. Yeah. I mean, as I said, Aaliyah got both hands up. Yeah. Like, I mean, she it wasn't like like Zaya surprised her with the kick. The kick was to her head. Aaliyah was there pr- pr- protecting herself and got caught. Like, I mean, shit happens. It's yeah. wrestling. You know, I, I certainly didn't look unsafe. There's a whole lot of things I've seen in women's matches in NXT and on the main roster that that's, has looked unsafe. That didn't look unsafe. That looked like she accidentally got caught. So Finn Balor comes out to the ring, puts down NXT, the fans, and the industry, as well as Johnny Gargano, who was ruled out of Survivor Series weekend. He says that he chased Matt Riddle away before Riddle shows up and chases Finn Balor off. We then get the Undisputed Era coming out, and then uh, Matt is followed by Tommaso Ciampa and Keith Lee. I gotta say, if there's one thing I am just done with after the last month, is this whole evening of the odds and all this it happens so much it feels like every segment or every half hour to hour we get some semblance of that alex like over and over again i mean it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a unfortunate side effect of the fact that we're doing war games at the same time as we're doing survivor series immediately following the hogan flair thing right exactly which is which is just Every, you have big teams, everyone's joining sides, so you've got to be able to have it and even in, because otherwise the damned numbers game gets in the way. Um, one thing I wanted I wanted to add is that um, last night when I heard the the news coming out of WWE backstage that Johnny Gargano was injured and off of Survivor Series, and it was coming from Ryan Satin, their inside man, I hate that my immediate thought is, oh, they're cape-faving us. Mm-hmm. They've given their inside guy a kayfabe thing so that Johnny Gargano can can miraculously come back on the NXT before War Games, and we're going to get the Finn Balor match anyway. I hate that I feel that way, but if it had come from anybody else, I wouldn't have questioned. It, it was the fact that it would came from their their guy on the inside on their show. It was, it's it's unfortunate that they we've gotten to that point. And I don't want to speak for Ryan because I don't know what he wants to do in that regard. But if I were Ryan, I'd be fucking pissed if that were the case right because oh absolutely because people are going to attack we've seen it we've seen people attack him for stuff in the past it it will happen the 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 thing of it is is that uh, it's all added to that is the fact that it they they're they're blame they're blaming at least in kayfabe the attack by finn balor on johnny gargano for gargano's injury i don't know where he actually got hurt but it, but it, because they're saying it came from that, when I know it didn't come from that, it didn't yeah, look like it. That Pele, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, that that it, that it feels like it's kayfabe, and I don't I don't like having that those thoughts at the moment. Do you remember at Raw one thousand when The Rock was there and CM Punk made the turn and like two hundred pound CM Punk hits like two sixty The Rock with. A leaping clothesline, and The Rock sold it like he got shot in the chest with a shotgun. <laughs> like that—that that would have to be Balor's yeah. Pele kick at this point. Yeah. If it yeah. really put, yeah, I know. for that long. Yeah, um, but I, yeah, to answer your question, 
yeah, I, I don't love all the evening up, but if it is the Undisputed Era versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and as we'll see later, extra people. Like, I love all these guys, and so I'm, I'm down to watch them throw hands eight dudes in a double-ringed cage. So, fine. Warren, I'm going to get your thoughts on a super chat. Shane did run one back. He said, uh, do you think that the CM Punk situation leads them wrestling in WWE? Now, I have a full video coming out on this, assuming WWE or YouTube allows us to upload stuff. It's down right now. But uh, what do you think, Warren? It's very curious, isn't it? I mean, this is clearly ratings for backstage that they're doing. This is a this is a ploy oh, yeah. to get people to watch backstage. And for the time being, like at, right now, I'm gonna I'm 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 going to tune in and I'm gonna watch this because I'm way too curious. And ask ask us that question after that interview. He doesn't yeah. ask watch us wrestling, that man. That's yeah. The this thing. is the thing. They're bringing him in to do a- analysis of what's happening on Raw and SmackDown. Like I can't wait till they ask him. They ask Phil Brooks if they ask CM Punk. So how do you feel about the Rusev and Lana story? Because I, I I can do, oh he's totally gonna just like just yo oh, I think it's great super great no he's not it's CM Punk so they don't do that on the show now they rip yeah. they rip WWE programming on that show now yeah. like they yeah. call it dumb all the time so so uh, have they come out with what the ratings were last I, night I think roughly a hundred thousand is what Brian Alvarez oh said. oh well at least at least there's that because the, the thing was it felt like. They were they were just nose diving after the yeah. fifty thousand hey, week. Pass some my way, WWE, because of your terrible programming, it's affecting our viewership. Because <laughs> nobody wants to watch a post show for a WWE Raw show that doesn't matter. It, mm, it just yeah. doesn't happen. Uh, we have another super chat. Rob Wilkins says, "Someone tell Hannah I'll trade my TLC pay per view tickets for her Survivor Series tickets." Fun NXT show. My hotel did not have TNT. Everyone has TNT. Not happy. That is surprising. That is weird. That is that is wild. That that always seems to happen in hotels for me. Like it ha- it doesn't have the one channel that I ever need. And uh, what is the one channel that you always need, Sean? I don't want to talk hotel about room? that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played. Uh, Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee. Keith Lee ends up getting the win. With a jackhammer. I kind of dig that both Riddle and Keith Lee use the jackhammer pretty often. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this, Alex? And Keith Lee getting the win over Roderick Strong and his shitty little boots. Well, here's the deal. I love <laughs> Roderick Strong being the, the, the guy who sticks up for all of his little bandmates. When he's like, Adam Cole had a really hard couple of weeks. He deserves a night off, so I'll fight you. Like it's he's just he's caping for everybody. I love I love that about Roderick Strong. Um, uh, the match was great. Like the, this match was going on at the same time as that amazing promo duel over on AEW. So like depend what do you what do you want to see? Amazing one on one in ring work between these two, or great story building and fun promo stuff? All, like that's why I love Wednesdays. Keith Lee picking up the win makes me go hmm. Like are they planning on doing? Maybe a surprise title switch so they don't have three relatively little guys in this one-on-one-on-one triple threat thing. Or maybe you get Keith Lee versus AJ versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, I, I'm all about seeing Roderick Strong versus those two guys. But if oh, you man. add, if you replace him with Keith Lee, like, if he gets a one-on-one title shot next week and wins, then all of a sudden you got, like, whoa, 
Keith I Lee mean, throwing around AJ and Sean Sinsuke. That's amazing. Warren, uh, before you say anything, history has shown us this year, previous years, AJ and Jinder Mahal, that title switch. WWE is, does not hesitate to do this if they, they feel it's necessary. Oh, and, and they, they did it just recently with the New Day and the Revival. I yes. mean, it's it's not something I, – I, I'm just going to throw out there that it would kind of break my heart because <laughs> I feel I feel like this is uh, – that, that the, the, the mid-card triple threat at Survivor Series, the mid-card title triple threat at, at Survivor Series, it's kind of um, – it's kind of a a generational thing. And I know I'm exaggerating slightly, but, you know, you do have AJ, you do have Shinsuke, and you have Roderick Strong, who is, you know, following in the footsteps and would probably not have the opportunities that he had if it weren't for guys, especially AJ in North America. It's kind of a dream matchy situation here. You're going to get another crack at Shinsuke and AJ, but you're going to have Roderick in there, who's going to come in as this, as the raw raw fourth guy from undisputed era and he's going to be fantastic about it and i don't know like and i love keith lee don't get me wrong i'm just just uh, i i'm just hoping that roderick strong stays in it because i'm really looking right now it's the match i'm looking forward to most uh at uh, survivor series well, if you're looking forward to Matt Riddle in War Games, that is not happening. He's facing Finn Balor, who's replacing him, Donovan, or Donovan Dijak, or Dominic Dijakovic, whatever the hell name you want to use. They, they're they all applicable on this show. Whatever yes. combination of those four names you want to <laughs> use, I'm allowing on this show. Because from now on, you will only hear me call him Dijak. I've threatened it before, but as I read these yep. on my notes, I say, God damn it, what am I doing? <laughs> and now WWE's going and giving people back their first names at a yes. time when I want them to take, not just I want them to take the first name, I want them to take like half this guy's last name. Yep. Add more vowels. It'd just uh, be easier to pronounce. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he takes I'm, out Undisputed Era, by the way. Yes, exactly. Uh, there's a big beatdown at, at the end, uh, inv- also involving Finn Balor coming back and attacking Matt Riddle to cement their one-on-one match that is announced. Uh, but I, I love Dijak and Keith Lee shaking hands and being like, all right, you know, I at least I know that if you're on my team – like that's good because I respect how how you know how how you can fight. I think that's a really cool moment. Um, and now I'm super into finding out who the new mystery fourth guy is on on Champa's team because that could be literally anybody. Swerve Scott defeats Bronson Reed. They had some good back and forth here. Uh, Swerve Scott is a guy I think should be protected. I think he's a very good name. I dig him a whole lot. Getting a yeah. win over Bronson Reed, who's been kind of protected, so so to speak. What what, what were your thoughts on this one, Alex? Uh, I mean, I, I I really like both of these guys. I really like both of these guys. Um, Cameron Grimes and his terrible hat are conspicuously absent the last couple of weeks. Good so man. it feels like these are the these and and we'll, good riddance to the hat, not Cameron Grimes. I love Cameron Grimes. He's great. Yeah. Um, yeah but but it does feel like these guys are are the the two major. Um, guys, uh, holdovers and, and Garza, but now he's strictly a cruiserweight. Uh, it feels like so. It, like it feels like these guys are are the, are the major uh, holdovers from that breakout tournament. Um, and I, I I feel like there's there's a a cool possible tag team that could form between a guy like Swerve and a guy like uh, Reed, 
who could like we could again for the thing we, we we mentioned last week there was there was a, a showing of respect between uh Dijak and and Scott last week listen all I'm saying is give Scott a very large man as a tag team partner and then have that large man throw Scott at people that's basically I just want to see the fastball special that's all there, I just want to see that in the ring. I mean there's a log jam in the mid card and upper card of NXT and that's without Johnny Gargano around and that's without yeah. Velveteen Dream around. Yeah. So I, I love that idea of having a smaller guy in Swerve, uh, Bronson Reed, a big dude. Why not? I, I yeah. think that NXT has an underrated developing women's tag team division too. Even yes. with a, like the lower teams like Bougie, but they've got Chelsea and Deanna out there. They've got the Horsewomen out there. They got Team Kick out there, and then whatever else develops. Plus, the NXT or the the women's tag team champions are available on all brands, so you. Have them as well, whatever necessary. I dig this, and they shook hands after this match. Yep, did Reed yeah. and Scott. So and, yeah, and you know what? It, it, it's a great idea because you know what? Sooner than later, it's going to be Dusty Classic time. It's we're going to be like, oh, okay, it's time to put some yep. tag teams together. So yeah. one might as well just sow some seeds right now. Sure. We see the horsewomen laid out outside. So is Candice LeRae. Uh, Jessamyn Duke looks like me every Wednesday after I'm done covering wrestling. Uh, <laughs> she, she looked like Shawn Michaels when he collapsed on Raw in 1995, yeah. and they put like the oxygen mask on him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like she right, did look just like that. She looked like him like three minutes after he took the Owen Hart Enziguri is what <laughs> what she looked like. Uh, it was fantastic. I really loved that. Uh, <laughs> So, we we find out later about this, so we'll talk about this a little bit later. Damian Priest attacks Killian Dane from behind when he's coming out for his match against Pete Dunne. And then they all brawl. Damian Priest stands tall, and we get some Priest chants. He is over at full sail, yeah. Alex. Yeah. You know what yes. this reminds me of? I don't know if you watched TNA back in the day, but... Back in like 2004, 2005, you would have the Impact Zone chanting for Lance Hoyt, who is now Lance <laughs> Archer. Mm-hmm. And rumors were that he would go out and like party with people <laughs> from the Impact yeah. Zone. And he had developed like uh, a cult following. Warren, was it you that told me that? I think it was me who told you that. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a little bit different. I mean, you could draw a lot of parallels between. Damian Priest and Lance Archer for sure. But I, I dig this man. I've been a big supporter of Punishment Martinez's work for a right. long time. Uh, and it's good to see this, him getting over to this degree. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like this. I liked all of it. Here's here's what I would do because um, they're doing a, um, a a classic elimination tag match across all three brands for Survivor Series. They've already named the team for Raw. They've already named the team for SmackDown. We don't know anything about the team for NXT. I think next week it should start to come together. And I think William Regal should say, all right, obviously you three gentlemen have a problem with each other. It needs to be solved. And I have a problem. I need to make a Survivor Series team. So the three of you gentlemen are going to compete in a triple threat tonight. And the winner will be on the Survivor Series team for NXT. And I would I would put punishment over, excuse me, priest over, and I would have him win that match and be part of of Team NXT for the Survivor Series night. Uh, the the, the low key part of all of this 
is that you have all of these were 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 going to be really hard hitting and crazy matches on Saturday, and then you have a bunch of those people who are going to be in war games matches, and crazy matches on Saturday, have to go into what are probably going to be crazy spot fests on Sunday, and we just we're just hoping everybody is cleared to wrestle less than twenty four hours later, <laughs> just by the grace of God. So there should be there should definitely be um, contingency plans. And guys who can replace other guys in, in, in case something goes horribly awry in a War Games match that is definitely going to be nuts. Warren, what do you think of them running another ladder match next week? It was announced Cole and Dijak in one. Uh, I, I'm okay with it. Matches, we like matches that have stakes, right? So, well, sure. Or let's chops let's... Or, or, you know, ground beef. I'm not picky. Mm-hmm. A nice veal That's... cutlet? Or, or no, come no, on. Not, no veal. Veal? No veal. Who are you, no Jimmy veal. Van? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm, you going to start I'm inside little... trading soon, too? Come on. <laughs> come I'm on. a little... I'm a little submerged with all the with all the wit here, boys. But uh, to come to come back around, uh, I, I, I like I like matches that have stakes. Sure, let's let's add these little uh, the the this little thing to the war games. Let's give a reason to have a big match next week. Uh, Dijak and uh, and Cole next week, fantastic! I love it. I I, lo- I love that they're putting Cole in that match of all people versus Dijak. Like he's got the most to lose. I would think like they just throw O'Reilly in there, let O'Reilly get through some crazy bumps off a ladder and be done with it. But no, Cole's the one who's going to get hit in the face by Dijak in a ladder. But is Cole right now like having the rub of the year? Like it is Man, ridiculous really is. right yeah. now what yeah. they're doing with him. They're clearly tons of faith behind the guy, and with reason. He can yeah. he carries himself like a pro. He's a champ. He knows how to pace himself, and he knows when to go. He's fantastic. They obviously have huge plans for him, and they're, well, they're, they're actually putting him into a huge plan right now. He's carrying the NXT thing, carrying the invasion. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't remember recently seeing a guy in WWE getting that huge of a push, like a yeah really like push uh it's fantastic stuff warren i'm going to contact morrow to uh provide commentary on our witty exchanges just so he can say the fightful panel is dripping with wit like i'm I'm ready for it like we'll, we'll think of some little little hand gesture we'll go like yeah <laughs> wit anyway uh, by the way, guys, if you all want to support Fightful.com and this podcast specifically, but you don't want to shell out the guap for Fightful Select, which you should. It's worth it. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to this channel. And leave a comment below. Uh, even if you're on the live chat, we do have a comment board below. Let us know your favorite moment from NXT or AEW. Comments help engagement. They help people find us. All that good stuff. Also, uh, leave us a nice review on iTunes. I know that might seem a little crazy if you watch on YouTube. But because a large percentage of our audience is from YouTube, we don't get as many from iTunes. We don't get as many reviews on iTunes. So whenever you leave one, it shows them that uh, you all dig the show and that they should show it to more people. Well, War Games Advantage Ladder Match. Io Shirai versus Mia Yim. Dakota Kai comes out, and this follows a bad Mia Yim interview. Uh, It was 
not good, in fact. Even though Dakota Kai came in and told her, no hard feelings. That seemed to prove to be the case. Uh, I saw a lot of people speculating maybe it was Dakota Kai that took everyone out. Maybe she'll turn on somebody. What'd you think? I was I was hoping it was yeah. going to be Dakota Kai. We were going to get Dakota Kai who who attacked because yeah. er, I said earlier, some people. I meant you, Marks. Specifically me. <laughs> you, Marks. Specifically me. This <laughs> what has two thumbs and was hoping it was Dakota Kai who took out Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley and this guy. I don't see um, any thumbs. They're blurred out and hidden under gloves. So there you oh, go. okay. Um, uh, no, I uh, yeah. When when it was Rhea and Tegan, I was really hoping it was Dakota Kai. I was thinking it's probably less likely when they added Jessamyn Duke and Maria Shafir to the to the casualties list. But um uh but I, I I really like this whatever they're doing with Dakota Kai making her earnest as well, like really wanting to help Mia Mia Yim and, and be a part of her corner. I thought that 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 at least threw off the scent if they're actually gonna do go the turn. If not, I, I think that it is within Dakota Kai's actual character to be the no hard feelings person. Um, so Kaylee Ray shows up here. You also still have the possibility it's Dakota Kai. After the match, we see Bailey. Yep. I think there, there are multiple contenders here that could have, could have done that. Now, Kaylee Ray, even though she's buddying up with Shayna Baszler here, you know, to get on that team, it would make sense for her to take out Shayna Baszler or take, take out Jessamine and Marina because Shayna probably believes in them and wants them on the team. Yeah. Now Kaylee Ray showed up and sent Dakota into the ring steps and then sent Mia over the top. Filthy bump. Yeah, but that's the second filthy bump. The first one came on a Io Shirai dropkick into the ladder into Mia's face and opened her up real good. Like she, she was fauceting blood all over the ring. They basically, like, they got in the ring, and I don't know what they did to super glue that thing closed, but she didn't bleed anymore, and she, like, she was, oh, it was, it was bad. It was the proverbial crimson mask. Um, and, and they, I, mean, I thought they were gonna, like, call the match. Like, that's how bad that, um, that first bump was when she was bleeding. It looked bad. So here's the thing about all of this, and the Dakota Kai not turning or whatever. Like, with that bump to the face, that's a very likely concussion. Mm-hmm. And that bump to the outside where she landed on that ladder really bad. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that was. You may have Dakota Kai having to replace Mia Yim in this match if yeah. Mia Yim is hurt as bad as she looked to be hurt. So there's all kinds of wide open possibilities here. But I do love the idea that Shayna Baszler uh, went to NXT UK and brought in a ringer and said, I'm going to take that. Thank you very much. We all, like, at least I did, speculated that maybe Rhea Ripley would bring in Tony Storm. But no, Shayna Baszler said, I'm going to go and get Kaylee Ray. Can I say something about Kaylee Ray? Yeah. I love Kaylee Ray, but I hate NXT Kaylee Ray. NXT UK Kaylee Ray has been neutered. It's crazy. If you are anything close to familiar with her work on the British independent scene, you know why you should be excited to have Kaylee Ray in a friggin' war games match. <laughs> because that woman is insane. They call they they call her the female Sabu. That's how nuts she is. She just goes completely all out. And they hyped her like that when they debuted her on NXT UK. But she has done nothing, not only to warrant that reputation, 
But even to warrant her as a challenger, as someone who should be carrying a title, she's so, so bland. So I am hoping, now that I saw this, I get hope. This is the, because I'm an optimist. I hope that this is an opportunity for her to literally spread her, well, not literally, but figuratively <laughs> spread her wings in, in the War Games match so that people, mainstream, uh, WWE viewers can then get why people get excited when we met, when when Kaylee Ray's name gets thrown around on the independent scene in, in in Britain because she's banana bonkers and she's a really good wrestler on top of that. Well, guys, hopefully you get excited about FightfulSelect.com. That is our premium service. It really supports Fightful uh, in ways that I couldn't have possibly imagined. It is it has become a huge success for us. It's blown up. We've I think quintupled, quintupled, whatever the hell the word is, our subscriber base in the last year. Every Monday you get the Backstage Report podcast where I give you backstage news, injury updates, contract updates, and stats. In the wee hours of Tuesday, you got Alex Palowski down there in this igloo of a basement with sour <laughs> graps talking about Raw. Then on Wednesday, myself and Jimmy Van do the List Goes On post-show. Every other Thursday, you have me doing a Q&A show. Last week, I did over 150 questions on that podcast. And now, every other week that I'm not doing that, I've started to do text-based Q&As that are kind of up throughout the week. Friday, late, late Friday, you got Alex back for Sour Graps talking SmackDown. Then on the weekend, you have uh, Steven Jensen there with The Weekender talking NWA. Ring of Honor, New Japan, 205 Live, NXT UK, Beyond, all that good stuff. You get coverage from pretty much every promotion across Fightful Select. Oh, by the way, once a month we hit you with a retro review. Also, once a month I do dark match commentary. And that's in addition to all the exclusive news you get before anybody else does. We also have tiers for early access. We have tiers where you can pick your own content. Uh, FightfulSelect.com. Check it out. It is a good time, and it supports us directly. <sighs> Zach Connor donated a super chat, said, Who takes me a yem spot, Tony Storm or Dakota Kai? Uh, I'm saying Dakota Kai because I'm pretty sure D Tony Storm's booked in the UK the next day. Just yeah. so you know. I mean, the, the storyline absolutely needs to be Dakota Kai stepping up and taking Mia Yim's spot if Mia Yim is too hurt to compete. That's yes. that's perfect for it. Aaron Jay's fan says, we need Eric Bugenhagen. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we do have AEW Dynamite. Chris Jericho comes out, makes his way to the ring, demands... Or actually, this is... Uh, this yeah, is later on. This is later on. Sorry, I'm on uh, page two of the, of the review. This kicked off with John Moxley. And uh, he whipped Michael Nakazawa's ass. And Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. This was, Warren, I thought exactly what it should have been. Sure. Uh, let me just back up a little bit. 
I really, 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 really appreciated the opening montage where they were showing all the highlights of of the the pay per view this weekend, yes. and they did not show anything from the unsanctioned match. The only time that they yeah. started to reference the unsanctioned match is when they they showed footage of Kenny Omega going to the trainer's room. And I thought that was spectacular because why would you put footage of an unsanctioned match in your official stinger to kick off the show? Yeah. It, I love that. That's just a tiny little detail that goes a long, long way for your boy Warren here. Uh, Mox coming out, just whooping a dude. Michael Nakazawa, Nakazawa deserves to be whooped from pillar to post yes. any day of the week. Uh, I, I loved it. It was a perfect, perfect squash match. Um, and, uh, and, and I liked it. I liked his post show, his post match promo as well. Moxley. Um, you know, I thought it's funny cause he, you know, he kept saying over and over basically, you know, going saying, you know, I don't think anyone in the locker room has the balls to come out and challenge me after what I did, you know, and he repeated that a couple of times and I was expecting someone to interrupt because he was repeating the same message over and over again. And, and I especially liked his line and, and I wrote it down. He said, just say the word and I'll be happy to let you know exactly where you stand on the food chain. I dig John Moxley's character in AEW. He's hungry. He knows the wins count. I, I love that he got pissed off when he, when the match was unsanctioned. I love how he started his promo saying, well, this one counts. Like, you know, I, it's, it's all making perfect sense. He's, he's just unleashed. He's feral. He wants to fight dudes, and he's ready to establish himself as the real alpha male, despite what Chris Jericho wants. And he doesn't care about titles. He just wants to beat people up. I'm okay with this. It's great stuff. I think that's a perfect summary of this this segment. John Moxley is so intriguing now and hasn't been for such a long time before AEW. And he knows it. He knows mm-hmm. it. That's why when people say, oh, there's no story to this, uh, talking about the Omega thing, and I'm like, either – you're trying to be difficult or you haven't watched because they've been trying to fight each other for six months and yeah. haven't been able to. And the one time they were almost ready to, John Moxley had a very, very dangerous uh, ailment. And then Kenny yeah. Omega used that to say, you don't have guts. You don't have balls. All the things that John Moxley is trying to prove that he does have after right. being effectively neutered by WWE for so long. Yeah. I mean – I never thought John Moxley would do the type of stuff that he used to do again. It's mm-hmm. it's like the way, the way that I explain it. Early on in in my line of work, a lot of times you don't take days off early on so you can take them off later on. You you, you establish yourself by doing all those crazy shit and the crazy hours and the psycho things. So way on down the line, you don't necessarily have to do it to that degree. John Moxley's like, no, I already did it. Oh, by the way, I did all this, and then I'm gonna come back and do that shit that I was doing for like thirty bucks ten years ago. Oh man, this is the thing: is that like you? I I know Sean, the the, the match for you wasn't your cup of tea. Yeah. Him him and him and Omega, not really mine either. But what I did appreciate watching was you could see the light 
in John Moxley's yeah. eyes. How that is what makes him feel the most alive <laughs> is, is suplexing a dude onto a barbed wire sure. spider web. Like, and, and it was so interesting. It's like, wow, that, that you could actually you watch that man. Like he was having the most fun he's had in years doing that, which is, which totally is infectious. So like, I'm totally interested, as you said, with this John Moxley character. So intriguing. Dark Order defeats the Jurassic Express combo of Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. Jungle Boy is real good, and Marco did what he should have done. Uh, this goes through a commercial. I know some people will feel some kind of way about that because of Marco Stunt. But he ends up taking the pin. I thought this was an easy booking to make because Marco Stunt can always take these pins. He can always take the pin, and everybody's going to be okay with that. Uh I think, like, you know, and a lot of people also get bothered by Jim Ross calling Jungle Boy Jack, Jungle Boy Jack. I don't have a problem with that. I think I it do. humanizes him a little bit from that comic, like, that that name. I, I think Jungle Jack is a good character name, mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's not Jungle Jacking off in a boiler room, uh, because that's Darby Allen's gimmick, apparently, based on <laughs> what he said this weekend. So... <laughs> You got Jungle Jack and Marco Stunt losing. First off, what did you think of the match, Warren? I, I thought this was fine. I thought this was exciting. It was well-paced and smartly booked. Like you said, Marco's job is to eat shit. And that's what he does. And he does it really, really well. And he'll have these moments where he'll uh, he'll hulk up, he'll pop back up, and he'll pull off a... 450 off the ropes into a dragon rana and everyone will be like oh my god uh and um but so it, it was fine and it just and it gave enough room for uh for the dark uh, for the dark order to do their things as well you know i love their double team offense they have loads of double team offense and they did pulled off most of it during the commercial which was which kind of irked me um Stu Grayson's slingshot senton that he does onto the outside apron is bananas good every time i thought this was i thought this was a a fantastic match outside of Jim Ross backhandedly calling the dark order stupid uh, at some point, because uh, cut that shit out. Because he, um, uh, because Grayson hit uh, hit his finisher, and then tagged him as partner so that they could do their tag team finisher. He said, "Where didn't he pin him? I like the Dark Order, but I wouldn't have them do my taxes." I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's as if it's the first time he's ever watched a wrestling program. That's a fantastic line, though. It is a good line, though. That's an admittedly a very good line. I know, <laughs> but a goddamn great line. If you're gonna bury somebody, that's good. I'm gonna at least at least do it with a witticism. You know? yeah, exactly. What would have been more topical in a few months when it's tax season? Right. But true, true. I get it. I would. I'm gonna tell you one thing. These days, it's really easy to see who Jr. likes in the company and who he yeah, doesn't. It's true. Yeah. Also, what I love after the match, Dark Order grabs a microphone and player Uno says he can give Marco stunt purpose. I like this for a plethora of reasons. One, it would kind of make a little bit of sense for Marco stunt, but to the viewer that's only seen Marco stunt get beaten, it also shows that not only is he desired by the team he's on, but by a completely different team too. I think it adds a little bit of stock to him. They just beat this guy and pinned him. They said, oh, well, listen, even though we just jobbed you out, 
we we could we see something in you. We can provide something for you. I think that's a nice way of booking somebody and putting them over after they've been beaten without 50-50ing them. That is it's different, Warren, and I like it and I appreciate it. I thought it was a nice touch. I really, really did think it was a nice touch, and it made me wonder, well, d- does he start off as a creeper then? Like, is he is that the entry-level position for Marco, or does he like is he like a second in, or a third in command, like just under Stu Grayson? I'm, I'm so, not quite sure. But you know what? This is what they should have done technically with the Dark Order from the start. Instead of trying to have them be a serious, dark and evil entity – have them play off the 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 um the the Power Rangers gimmick essentially, you know, where Uno is this master manipulator, this master of evil, instead of just leaning too hard into the evil gimmick, because that's what they were when they were SSB on the um well they weren't uh, uh they weren't Power Ranger Power Ranger villains, but when they were SSB on the Indies, they were basically video game characters, and they leaned into it. And actually, they'd have some great comedy spots amidst their matches that they were as they were going forward. I feel that's it, it lean into the if they were to ham it up a little more. Is there you go? If they were to ham it up a little more on the evil side, I think it'd be great. But we have more interesting stuff to talk about here. Luchasaurus makes the save. That Carney, he said he was out till 2020 during the scrums last week. By the way, uh, you all should go follow Jeremy Lambert at Jeremy Lambert 88. He was at Full Gear. He was at StarCast. He has a lot of great stuff coming, but uh, we have all the scrums from post Full Gear. We have scrums with Colt Cabana, with Hangman Page, with Eric Bischoff, with Arn Anderson. Lots of people up there. And uh, your boys at Fightful don't have the algorithm yet. So we don't get like the the 100,000 on the Jericho like some people do. So go show those some love. Leave a thumbs up and and share those if you guys don't mind. But Luchasaurus is back, maybe moving a little more gingerly than he he formerly did, Warren, but he's back. Yes, but the pop that he got was ridiculous. This guy is in the top three acts over in the company, not as a mid-card act. He is just over. It is, they were chanting for his name while Stunt was being beat up in the ring at some point. He comes out to the biggest reaction outside of Stone Cold coming out. Uh, It was crazy. This guy is over and they need to, uh, hopefully, his return will stop this losing streak that Jurassic Express is on, and they will start giving wins because if wins matter in AEW, they have to give them some. And even if they don't, and we've talked about this before, you can only get behind a babyface for so long if he's losing before you're before you're like, well, I'm done trying to back a loser. Yeah. You want to back the you want to back the heroes, you want to back the winners. Luchasaurus is it right now. You can taste yeah. it. Go oh, yeah, all they, in. They even joked on a recent on the I think the I can't remember what the Halloween episode of BTE that a dinosaur was their most over character. Uh, my heart will skip a beat if I ever get the chance to see a Luchasaurus Damian Priest face-off match or tag team. Like <laughs> fuck. You want to talk about Couple six four six five guys that can do anything. Those two guys, those two guys, really dug it. 
Sean Spears takes on Peter Avalon and Darby Allen in a triple threat match. I like this. Now, Alex, I want your thoughts on them adding a triple threat match to just a random episode of Dynamite. I dig it because why not? It's a way to get yeah. somebody on TV, not have them beat, have somebody else win, further storyline. But I saw that you did take some issue with the librarian. Well, the librarian's a stupid character. Yes. I don't I don't like seeing like the my my thing is this. Um, we're, we talked about there is a glut, a logjam in the middle of NXT with all that talent. They can't figure out a way to get all these amazing guys on TV. And over on AEW, I, we're going to have to trot out the librarian again. Making something like, out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, got, they got it. They got you, you, the proverbial chicken salad out of chicken and everything else. And so, okay, fine. Okay. But like... The, the the gimmick is dead in the water, has been forever, and I'm I'm not really impressed by Peter Avalon working the ring. I mean, like he he fills a role, he gets beat, fine. But we saw I think last week, um, uh, with with Bo Dallas getting beat. At least he can be funny while he's getting beat. Like the librarian thing isn't funny. It's not anything. It's just a, it's just a, a nuisance. But I did love that they were able to further. The Sean Spears George Hill storyline during the match and give Darby Allen the win and then have Darby Allen immediately following that do the John Moxley I accept your challenge. And and what's Peter Avalon's role in all of this? I'm saying what's Peter Avalon's role in all of this is to get pinned in order to have that yes. part furthered. So Avalon, all the stories happen at, at, at the same time and he is part of that and that's fine. Avalon can, is a very entertaining guy. He was a big part of EC3 getting over in TNA. Like a big, big, big part yeah. uh, as Nord Furnham. Uh, Joey Janela comes out, attacks Sean Spears. I do like that Excalibur, for those who weren't educated, said, hey, it's a triple threat match. There's no DQ here. Uh, Darby Allen then wins with the Boiler Room beat-off, also known as the Coffin Drop, <laughs> for a three-count... <laughs> what, Warren? <laughs> That's the name of the move! <laughs> they were going to call it. For those of you, for those of you who didn't know, go watch the Darby <laughs> Allen scrum. He was incredibly standoffish to this guy who was self-congratulatory about doing interviews from Evolve. And he's like, Oh, you work with Evolve? Do you? Do you? And the guy was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just do some interviews. And he's like, Tell Evolve to go fuck itself. <laughs> and then he was asked why he went to AEW. And he was like, Creative freedom, because WWE would have had me in a boiler room jacking off or something. Fuck. And a lot of people were like took a lot of exception. I don't have a problem with them talking about any other company. Hey, you know what? Especially when it makes a headline like that. Yeah. 200 yeah. retweets, boy! <laughs> Give me all of them! Give me all of them! <laughs> they can they can alienate all the people they want. You know what I call that? A future problem. Future problem. Don't worry about it. Give me those sweet likes and retweets. Warren, what'd you think of the segment? Oh, it was fine. It was fine. It just uh, you know, it it basically it established the fact that we're getting more Sean Spears and Joey Janela. Okay, that's fine. As to me, as long as Janela is doing something and hopefully something interesting, I'm okay with it. Uh, gives um, gives our boy uh, Darby Allen uh, a win. 
also I'm also done with the librarian gimmick, and I think Peter Avalon is above yes. what they're having him do right now, and that's a shame because he is real, real, real good. We haven't talked about the uh, the promo yet, but I'll let you lean into it, Sean. Darby Allen says that he accepts John Moxley's challenge, and I dig it. I think associating Darby Allen with the top name like that is a good idea, Warren. Hot damn! Hot damn! Like, coming off of all uh, of, of the, the pay-per-view this weekend, you're coming off of full gear where uh, uh, John Moxley had the entire back of his head torn open by barbed wire and was throwing Kenny Omega and being thrown into all sorts of nasty stuff. You kidding me? We're leaning into Darby Allen? Sure. Absolutely 100% behind it. And this is exactly how you are going to build a star. This is exactly it. There is arguably, arguably, Moxley is, well, Moxley is in the top three acts of the company right now. He's red, red hot. And you are going to take an under guy, put him up there. A guy who's hungry, who's got everything to prove, and that Moxley is going to—he's going to love it. He's going mm. to love having a guy like that that he that he can just do shit with. Are you kidding me? This is going to be fantastic. Tank yeah. Bearclaw has a super chat, but I also want to point this out. He says Vince now thinking, who can we get to jack off in a boiler room? Where's Otis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh <laughs> tank bearclaw also brings up jr called hagger swagger or swagger and fumbled to correct that that is a bummer but he's used to calling him swagger he was swagger yeah. for 10 years sure so I, I get that also michael morgan says aw calls cody Rhodes a lot can they do that yeah according to cody mm-hmm. they can yeah uh but i understand like he says that he likes that name and that he doesn't want to use it very much. He feels like he's taken enough from the Rhodes name and wants to do it himself. I, I want to say that that, that um, I think there's, there's there's an amazing dynamic to be had between Darby Allen and John Moxley because Darby Allen's going to make Darby Allen's going to make um, John Moxley kill him yeah. to beat him, and and how John Moxley reacts to that will be very interesting. Like I, I think there'd be a cool thing of like of like. Uh, mentor thing with this like I see a lot of myself in you or I have to crush you yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I felt like destroying something beautiful like that line from 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 Fight Club <laughs> is is that the way he does it like it, there's all kinds of cool things it's a perfect pairing for AEW right now broadcast team says that Dustin Rhodes is about three weeks able or three weeks away from being able to train again we didn't see Nyla Rose beat Danny Jordan I, I like Danny Jordan here I thought she looked good in this in this spot, and Nyla Rose did too. She ends up winning. No problems with this. A good enhancement match gets a win under Nyla Rose's belt. I would even say it was a perfect squash match. Yeah, Nyla go. Rose looked uh, like a million dollars. Everyone did their role perfectly here. It was perfect. Perfect squash match. Tony Schiavone interviews Allie, who says that she came to AEW to show the world what she can do, and she wants to prove it. On Dynamite as she has on Dark. The lights go out and Awesome Kong attacks. Awesome Kong is what I would call not fast, Warren. (laughs) Her strikes are what I would refer to as slow. 
this is um, this is the, the the problem that we're encountering, right? I mean, you've talked about it a few weeks ago. I think we even talked about it last week. We're not looking forward to Awesome Kong, and I'll do respect. We're not looking forward to Awesome Kong getting back in the ring in 2019. We're just not. And the back fist that she delivered, and it wasn't in a match. Yeah, it uh, it kind of felt like uh, she was being held back by the gravitational pull of the earth. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you don't duck that spinning back fist, you got to drop at least three spots in the power rankings. Cause yeah, exactly. Your, you lose your spot there. That was it, slow. You kind of feel like it, you, you should have Zack Sabre Jr., you know, pointing it with his arm up like this. To telling, you know, uh, uh, talking about how daft you are for not having ducked it. Now, I mean, I'm still curious to see what they're going, where they're going with the witchcraft angle. I don't know what it is exactly, why they're cutting everyone's hair, but it's probably something mystical. But uh, I don't know if Awesome Kong is the woman you should be pushing when you're sitting on Sadie Gibbs. It's a good point. And I, I mean, I love Awesome Kong. She's one of my favorite women's performers of all time. She's an unbelievable actress as well. Like, there, there are, there's a lot of upside there with her, but this ain't it for me. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't have an interest in an awesome Kong match. Definitely don't have an interest in one with Allie. That's where we are. Chris Jericho comes out. He says he is le champion. He starts to talk yep. about Cody. And MJF comes out to Cody's theme. <laughs> and boy, this is real heel heat. This is heel heat. And it's heel heat with a crowd that knows what he's doing. It's a crowd that is there for a show, knows that wrestling isn't real, enjoys this guy as a performer, but they're like, you know what? We're going to boo him anyway because that's the right thing to do for the show. It's not somebody slapping on a half Nelson crossface for three minutes, getting boring chants, and then occasionally somebody popping up on Twitter going, best heel in the business! While everybody else goes, huh? What? What'd you, what's a, huh? That's okay. Cool. If you, if that's what you like, cool. Wrestling subjective. What I like is great crowd reactions like this. And if other people on other shows doing other things got this type of reaction for slapping on the half Nelson crossface, bless them. It works. But that ain't it. This was. And I didn't think it was the greatest promo in the world. I thought it was – it had a lot of tropes. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it was bad. I thought it was a very good promo. But it had it had its fair share of tropes. But then he, he talks about how Cody's the real villain. Cody doesn't care about the fans. He said shit in the way that would get you to perk up your ears a little bit and be like, did I just hear that on a wrestling show? Okay. Okay, cool. Warren, your thoughts on the MJF aspect of this promo before the, the Jericho interaction? Uh, for the parts that I was able to gander, because TSN was muting everything, uh, like the asshole chants in the audience, like there were these long stretches where we just didn't hear anything. I'm exaggerating, of course. I did get most of the promo, but when when TSN did mute out, it was like eh, full 15-second blocks. Um, uh, look, this is the MJF that I was excited to see in AEW. Um, because a lot of people up until this point were saying MJF is the best heel in the business. He's so good, but I would counter argue that he wasn't a heel or not a, a 
a pure heel because he's aligning with baby faces. He's doing baby face shit. And when he is insulting people, he's doing it in such a witty and comical way that you react positively to it. Oh, we get the references that he's saying. Oh, we like who he's making fun of. We like the words that he's using. He'd always get pops. No pops tonight, which means that what they did at Full Gear was effective. As they say in Pokemon, it was super effective. People bought into it. And like you said, Sean, these are smart fans for the most part who go see AEW shows. They know what their part is to play here. And MJF leaned into it. His part of the promo was not witty and full of uh, full of uh, creative insults. He just established the fact, like you said, very tropish, but nonetheless just leaned into it very angrily, sort of like, you know, battle charge face here like this. Where he's like, no, I hate this. I hate Cody Rhodes. He was trying to keep me down. And this is where I'm at right now. And you people suck because he did you do the you people thing. Yes. Um, but, but it worked, it worked and people were ready. I'm, I'm just glad people actually didn't throw stuff at him, uh, as to what happened at a, at, uh, at full gear, but it would have been acceptable because he got some great, great heat. And I am happy to see a full on heel MJF. I love the back and forth between Jericho and MJF being equally hmm. ridiculous, Alex. God, it was it was it was beautiful. They, they had it was callback. absolutely beautiful. They had a callback to a Kevin Owens Chris Jericho promo where they yes. teased friction. Yes, and they said, "You know whose fault it is? Roman <laughs> Reigns." And they hugged. That was a nice <laughs> nod to that. But my favorite line out of this whole thing, all due respect, I thought MJF had a stronger promo. But my favorite line was Chris Jericho saying, "We're both from Long Island. We both wear scarves. We both don't like Cody." Yada yada. It's almost like 25 years ago, your parents got really horny watching me beat up Juventud Guerrera, and you popped out. That was amazing. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. So Cody comes out. He's held back. He's such a baby face. Beat to shit, Cody Uh, Rhodes. And then Wardlow comes out. 6'2", 250, which... Hey, I love that that's a big guy in AEW because that's yeah. what mm-hmm. real he, big guys look like that are athletic. Yeah. He, he looked, he looked because, because I'm so used to watching WWE where guys are all big across the board is that he appeared to be 6'8 and 320 yes. pounds. Yeah. You know Luch- what I mean? Like that's what he looked like. He Luchasaurus, looked like Braun Strowman. Yeah. Luchasaurus you know? looks 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, and that's what I yeah. like. This is yeah. normal sized humans. Uh, that yeah. are athletes. You see it across UFC. You see it across amateur wrestling, boxing, and now you got a six-two, two-fifty guy that looks looks huge. We got Wardlow in there after weeks, months of vignettes. Even uh, Warren, anything to add to this? Um, th- th- this this was really good, and the the back and forth was fantastic. I thought everyone sh- shined shone shined in this segment. Everyone was everyone looked good. Cody, everyone played their role to perfection. I loved it. We are way over time, so let's get to Hangman and Pac. Good match. God damn, I loved this finish. I loved the finish. Uh, Pac or Pac ends up hitting Paige with a black arrow on his. I love it when he, he does it to him face down. I oh. just love it. You, it, 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 he, you feel like he leans into it a little more, right? Like he's. 
he just gives it a he just lets himself go really get full impact on it. I really love it. Uh, I I like the fact that he that Pack kicked out of the um uh kicked out of the uh, the, the the buckshot lariat as well. Uh, but ends with the brutalizer after he stomped uh Page's head over and over again, and the and uh, the referee uh Remsburg, you know what's teasing maybe like stoppage or whatever but he, he he didn't pull the trigger he went went off with it uh he let uh, uh Pac fi- finish everything off i the, the finish was fantastic i liked the match a lot they really laid into each other i thought it was great if they if they keep on the feud at this intensity it works really well i will point out just very very quickly i really really hope that JR stops trying stops burying the refs because I'm seeing more and more people on Twitter calling out the refs, calling them garbage, calling them trash, uh, demanding that they be fired. And it's, especially a guy like Bryce Remsburg, who's been on the indie scene forever and who is a good referee. He knows his role. He's a pro. At some point, this all of this has to has to die down because it's not doing it's not doing the the, the talent any service. If Jim Ross isn't going to these referees personally and offering them constructive criticism, he needs to be. That's where that needs to be levied, not on the broadcast. Do I think that this match particular could have used some better refing? I do. Do I think that means that Bryce Rimsberg should be fired? Hell no. Hell no, I don't. Uh, I love the finish going into the Brutalizer with Paige out cold. And the thing I liked about this, it was very MMA-ish. Mm-hmm. He immediately saw that Paige was out, and he's like, "Nope, not not keeping him in that any any longer. Let's call for the bell." Dug that. I'll tell yep. you what else I liked: the opening part of the Young Bucks and the Proud and Powerful brawl. They're brawling backstage. Really dug that, but the Orange Cassidy spot. Alex, did you get to see that? I did. <laughs> they knock open a bathroom door, and Orange Cassidy is just standing there. And for a guy. That doesn't do a lot. That is a, a phenomenal way to get him on TV. He yep. was worth the plane ticket mm-hmm. that they used to get him there and the hotel over the last two nights, Alex, by just standing against a wall. Yeah. No, he's – he's. here's the thing is I don't I, – honestly, I don't know how long this act has got before it's not this great. Honestly, it could be two weeks. It could be 10 years. Yeah. Like every time they find a new way to use this, this guy standing there doing nothing, it's a brand new way and it makes me pop every time. So honestly, I, I mean, I, I don't know. As many times as they have brand new ideas for how to use him, keep doing it over and over and over again. I'm fine with that. This goes out to the stage and uh, Santana and Ortiz powerbomb Matt through some staging. Brandon Cutler and Private Party come out to help the young Bucks, Warren. I thought this was a good brawl. I mean, I don't really need another match. Santana and Ortiz already won that one. I don't know. I would love for them to go away from the, okay, let's do match after match after match after match of the same feud. I saw somebody this week say, oh, well, feuds aren't supposed to start with a lights-out match, and Feuds aren't supposed to end after one match. And I said, says who? Says who? Who Hmm. decides that? Just because WWE did it? No. I saw a prominent wrestling trainer put out there, oh, well, if WWE says that these are the rules, they're the rules. No, that ain't the case. Whatever company says 
or whatever rules and whatever policies are. So I, I would love to see a little bit of a difference there. Um, but what, what did you think of this brawl? I thought it was I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I, again, they're 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 good at the chaos parts of brawls, right? Aren't they? They AEW is uh, they've been really really good at creating these these events where everything gets really chaotic and the the cameras trying to keep up. That's I think it, a, a good part of the appreciation the enjoyment that we that i get out of watching the aw brawls is that it, the production seems to be trying to keep up with it and there's so much stuff going on that you know it's like oh we're missing something here reminds me of ecw days when you know you'd have these tag team matches and you'd have like dreamer and raven over here and you'd have stevie richards and whoever over there you know and the camera would be switching back and forth and you'd be missing stuff and it didn't matter because it just added to the overall chaos of it aew does a fantastic job with that thought that was really good aew world tag team championship scorpio sky becomes the first person to pin chris jericho and Warren, I thought it was the perfect person to do it. I thought it was the right time to do it. I thought it all made sense, even the small package. I liked it. And it, they had a good match before that, too. Uh, Chris Jericho, <clears throat> hearkening back to his WCW days, a lot of callbacks for him. Slamming the chair into the into the ring post, throwing a fit. Uh, I just really, really liked this decision and this match. Um, well, we've been, we've been talking about Scorpio Sky since we, uh, since we started the, uh, the Wednesday Night War podcast. Uh, we've been talking about how much of a star he is, and he's a standout, and he is destined to be something big for AEW if they play their cards right. Uh, I was surprised, actually, that they went for it. I thought Sammy Guevara was there to take the pin, per use, because I figured that that was, that that's his role in the inner circle. Uh, I'll well, be. You say per I'll, usual, but he and Jericho were two and zero heading into this match. Well, the, my point here is that I was surprised that Jericho yes. took the loss, and I'm surprised that they pulled the trigger on Scorpio Sky this quickly because it really does establish him as someone who just did something historic. He did break Jericho's winning streak. And in in a in an unexpected fashion, but like you said, in a fashion that makes sense, because SCU that's how they've been that's how they've been racking up the big the big wins recently with roll ups and small packages. So it all it all ties in. It all makes sense. And I'm not, far from me to say that I that that I think they pulled the trigger on it too soon or whatever. I say go with it. I'm okay with it. I want Scorpio Sky to have a fantastic career, and if this is Maybe if it's not an ignition, maybe it's just like planting a seed at this point in time. Let's do it. But he has he has Jericho's number at this point. I'm okay with that. I love I love the finish as well. And yeah, I'm glad you pointed it out. Jericho throwing a fit at the end was very, very, very WCW Chris Jericho. And I had a ball watching him tear up the stage. That was great. That was AEW Dynamite. Now, we went a lot longer on tonight's show than usual, but both are in unique positions. We're a week and a half away from Survivor Series and NXT, and we are off of full gear. Uh, worth noting, Court Bauer has just tweeted that Tom Lawler 
leaving MLW. Uh, I would not be shocked to see him end up on one of these two shows very, very soon. Uh, Bruce Pritchard is a big fan of Tom Lawler, so that's that's a guy that's probably going to push for him there. Uh, Alex, of course, they can all check you out on Sour Graps twice a week on Fightful Select. Anything to tell these people before we go? Yeah, buy my merch. I hey, have merch. Shop.fightful.com. Uh, that's right. Uh, go there. Also, I wanted to add that um, I love Scorpio Sky uh, pinning Chris Jericho in this in this spot. If mm-hmm. I'm booking this whole thing, I have Chris Jericho do whatever he possibly can to thwart any attempt that that Scorpio Sky has to try and like win a number one contenders match or whatever because he's scared of Scorpio Sky. Like do that whole thing and then finally Scorpio Sky gets his t- title match and he wins because because. Jericho snake bit by Scorpio Sky. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, yeah uh, watch me uh, talk about really bad wrestling on Monday nights and Friday nights as opposed to the really good wrestling that I talk about on Wednesdays. I also have merch, guys, but I don't get a cut of the revenue like Alex does. Mm-hmm. Uh, my shirt just says tall on it. So there you go. Warren, what do you got? I don't have merch yet, but it should uh, – if we were ever to do one, it should be just like a bunch of stuttering words one next to each other. Uh, follow me <laughs> Follow me on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do my own uh, web show every Thursday night, 9 p.m., so if you feel like hearing more about my stuff – Come on over there. Otherwise, I'll be back on Friday with Sean for the uh, SmackDown Post Show. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Again, guys, subscribe if you all haven't already. Check out our videos that Jeremy Lambert provided from StarCast Weekend. Show those a little bit of love. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well. Thank you, guys. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.